0: The first question we have is, how do you make people want to join your association instead of needing to join your association?
1: That this service, this inspiration, this is how you get there. Then when you show them like what uh, the future looks like using your services as a member of the association, you know, like if you can show them that future, then I think the members will want to join the association without, without them having to need to join the association. But again, needing is not bad. So if, if it can be a mix of both a need and a want, I think that is the ideal scenario. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gripe podcast. In this podcast, you learn how to grow member based organizations. I am Farhat Khan, I am the CEO of Gripe Digital. We built membership websites and our product Member Lounge is one of the quickest ways for you to build an engaging member portal for your association. With Member Lounge, you can actually put your member marketing on autopilot so member engagement just happens without you having to think too hard about it. This is a live recording of our podcast episode with a live audience and we are doing it a bit differently this time. We do not have an external guest joining us today, instead it will be just like me and uh, my coworker Lydia. Uh, We usually get a lot of questions from our audience during the podcast and also on our webinars, and we don't really get enough time to answer our audience questions. It's always like on topic. So today, we are making it a bit different, so it will not be very much on topic. It will be a bit off topic, and we will answer all the questions that you have. And uh, Lydia is our project manager from our team, and Lydia will be our co-host for today, and she will guide us uh, with the questions. Lydia, over to you.
0: Thank you, Farhad. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Um, Thank you for joining us today. Um, I am the yes project manager here in Gripe Digital, and I will be playing the role of, of one of the association's um, members. So I will be asking Farhad all of the exciting questions that you have, everything from, um, from engagement to technology questions to um, recruitment and user journeys. So we will be, it will be a mix of questions that we have from the audience who submitted their questions beforehand. And also some of the trending questions that we've seen from all of our events previously. Okay, so with that, um, like I said, I'll be playing the role of the association right now. So our first question is about recruitment. So we're going through the journey of of, um, what's it like for an association to have when it comes to memberships. So for recruitment, uh, the first question we have is, how do you make people want to join your association instead of needing to join your association?
1: Wow, that's a loaded question, right? So um, uh, we want to make people want to join the association without them having to need to join the association, so I think uh, needing is not bad in general, right? So it it should be a mix of both. So when you're building your marketing campaigns, you're kind of like um, uh, organizing events or creating valuable content for your prospects. Um, it you're like the the motivation to join the association can be a mix of like need and want. It can be both. So one is not like like better than the other, but definitely. Uh, wanting is much better than needing. Now, how can we make someone like want to join the association? I guess in general, you have to make sure that the services that you're offering from the association, they're so value added. And like the services are actually really like improving the like lives of your association members. When you can kind of like paint the dream for your association members that you know what, like we have like this service A, B, and C. And if you can get this service A and apply that to your own profession, apply that to your own career, then you can actually like get this amazing benefits from the service A. But if, if you just like talk about service A being, oh, hey, we have this great service, come join us. It's not going to work out that well, right? So what you have to do is that you have to take your service and you have to like, um combine that with a problem or an inspiration that the member has right so you take your service a you combine that with the inspiration that the member ha- has and then you join them and you tell them you know what by using our service a you can get this amazing benefit like an, an, an amazing like improvement to your career if you can actually make that happen you'll actually see that you already have a lot of services that your that your members are really like excited about but they often don't know how to use them how to apply them to their own career and what like they will actually get by using them so if you want your members to want to join the association, then you have to paint that dream. You have to make the connection that this service, this inspiration, this is how you get there. Then when you show them like what uh, the future looks like using your services as a member of the association, you know, like if you can show them that future, then I think the members will want to join the association without without them having to need to join the association. But again, needing is not bad. So if, if it can be a mix of both a need and a want, I think that is the ideal scenario.
0: I hope that was clear. Um, and Randy, one of our attendees, is saying that in the old days, there was a saying, sell the sizzle, not the steak. So selling the sizzle is making someone want something. So that's a very good point, Randy. Thanks for sharing that. So the next phase of the use of the membership journey is in benefits and the user journey itself and the member benefits. Now, a common challenge for associations is in the gap between the member benefits that they offer and members' awareness of these benefits. So this is something that we see often, Lee, um, as a challenge for associations. So in turn, associations want to make sure that member benefits are easy to find. Melissa from the Ontario Library Association asks a similar question. The question is, where should member benefits be located in their website? What And what about membership information?
1: right right so i think like in general there are two sides to it and uh, you, if you have joined any of our webinars in the past you know we are a big advocate of like keeping the public website and the membership website separate you know like we do not like combine them together in general like for for like for a purpose because your public website is really for your prospective audience and your membership website is really for your existing members so i think like um, if you look at it that way then your member benefits should be presented in slightly different ways on the public website as opposed to the membership website so um, for this question i think I'll, I'll like talk about the public website first so for the public website what we have to do is that we have to make sure that um, we are we are covering like all the member benefits at least on the um, join like like join as a member page. So if you have like a sign up page, so join us as a member, if you have a page like that, then that page should definitely, definitely highlight the member benefits like really easily so that like, if you're looking to join the association, then like the moment you click on the join button, you are presented with like all the benefits, like all in one place. And it has to be like really organized, not like a, wall of text, right? So don't just like give out blah, if we have all the benefits, don't do that, right? Instead, like make it like a nicely structured, like organized like page where you're really highlighting the member benefits with bullet points, you know, like a really like tight summary of like what the member will be getting. And the language there should be from the member's point of view on that page, not from the association's point of view. So just like I was saying earlier that uh, you have this um, service A with which maybe a member B can really uh, elevate their career. They can probably get that like pay raise or they can get that like certification, right? So getting that pay raise, getting the certification or maybe like solving a problem, that's what the member cares about. Members don't really care about the actual service that you have, members care about what they are getting so on the um, member benefits page or the like join uh, joint uh, like the register page on that page you want to kind of like talk about the benefits the value that the member is getting right not the service itself but what what the member is getting that if you join the association then you'll be able to use our Services to elevate your carrier. You'll be able to do this. You'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to like save a lot of time by using our best practices and our guides. So on the on the registration page, this is what you want to show. And again, like not a wall of text. It has to be nicely structured. You know, like as as compact as you can make it. So that's the registration page. Now. Uh, i think like many people will not actually like click on the like uh, registration like button and they will go there even before that like they will actually come to the website homepage so how do you funnel the user from the homepage in a journey and get them to the registration page right so um, this is where again like you have to like uh, start by speaking to uh, the members like needs and wants so your website homepage shouldn't be just about you your website homepage should be talking about the members challenges so um, what we say in the in an ideal journey on, a, on, a, on an association homepage, is that uh, you need to start by making sure that you, number one, you understand your member's problem, right? So clearly lay out that you understand your member's problem. Number two, you state that you have a solution to your member's problem, right? And number three, tell them how you're going to solve the problem right so these three things are like something that you absolutely absolutely should have on your association homepage so once again i'll say number 1 you have to state that you understand your members problem in in a very compact like tight way number 2 you have a solution to your members problem say what solution you have you know to solve the problem and number 3 what is the way that the member can use your solution to actually solve the problem? So if you can lay these three things out like really well on the homepage, then this is like an, a very attractive way for a member to even know like that uh, by joining the association, they will be getting like a lot of value and then they'll be tempted to register like for, for your membership. But again, uh, we have to keep in mind that for a prospect, when they come to your website for the very first time, they will probably not sign up as a member at the very first time, right? So they'll probably like be there as a lurker for a, like for a little while, right? So they'll go like be there, like, they'll visit the site for the first time, you know, they'll probably come back, visit the site again a few more times, right? And eventually there will be like um, a point where they will trust your association enough that they will want to sign up. So you know, to make sure that you want, and we call that the no like, trust, that cycle in marketing. So at the beginning, they get to know you. Then as they interact with you a little more, they get to like you. And at one point, they trust you so much that they give you their money, right? So you want to like accelerate that know, like, trust like as much as possible. So um, using these practices, you can actually do that really well on the um, association website. Now that's on the um, uh, public side of the website. Now, how do you present your benefits and how do you like, structure your benefits on the, membership website right so this is for your existing members so i think for for your existing members there, there are like two things that are very important you have to you have to like uh, understand that your members will probably like um not have the same schedule as you right so uh, if you're hosting an event if you're actually like holding something um, chances are like 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 very high that your members will not be available at the same time so that's why whenever you're holding an event maybe a webinar or something you need to make sure that you give your Um, members a way to kind of like access those like same benefits offline on their own time. So if you're holding a webinar, then we strongly encourage you to record the webinar and then have a recording available on the member portal. That way the member can actually see it like when they're available, right? And nowadays people are getting increasingly busy, so we always want to like see things and do things at our own time. Now that being said, like say you're doing that, then how do you actually like structure the benefits, structure the resources in general on the member portal? we we are uh, we are a big proponent of like uh, grouping your benefits together right so if you have like guides if you have like certain things right so we are we we strongly encourage you to kind of group things together but do not group things together based on the type of benefit it is right so um, group the resources as a job to be done right so if a member is trying to like uh, get a promotion in their career so they want to like grow in their career then this is career development right so group the career development resources together Maybe under a career development category. If you have like some best practices to solve a problem, right? So then those best practices for a solve to solve a problem, group them in another category. And in that category, you put all the best practices together. So um, when you're grouping the resources together, make sure that this is like uh, for a, this is they're grouped as a job to be done basis, right? And not in any other way, right? So the job to be done can be taken from your member needs. And I think like ideally you should be taking it from your member needs, but there are many other ways as well. If you know your association really well, so I'll give you an example of uh, one of our clients. So, yeah, so for example, like uh, you are um, you are an association of writers, right? So we have been working with the Writers Union of Canada for a long time. So we use them in a lot of examples. So uh, as a writer, you have a certain number of things that you have to do. So you have to get published. So to publish your book, you have to get published, and before you get published, there are a number of steps that you have to do, right? So getting published is a theme for the resources that we have for the Writers Union of Canada. And then like, again, like once you publish your book, like how do you promote your book? So there's a, there's a lot of things like that goes into marketing a book after the book is published. So that's another theme. So your members will probably have similar themes. And uh, what we want to do is we want to make sure that we organize all of our resources based on those themes, right? So based on the problem that the member has, and then like uh, by clicking on the category, they can actually get all the resources to solve the problem that they have. Now, that being said, um, if, you, if you are a large association and you've been around for a long time, you probably have like many, many resources for your members. So um, you absolutely want to have a searchable, sortable resource library which by the way, we have on Member Lounge. So on Member Lounge, we have an amazingly well-structured, searchable and really organized like resource library. So um, if you don't want to use Member Lounge, that's perfectly fine. If you already have a tool, that's fine too. So just make sure that like on your member portal, you are able to like search and the, like the moment you search, you actually get all the relevant content together. And then your um, all the content is grouped together by job to be done as well. So I think this is what we should be doing. And I'll just like um, go one extra step Uh, when you are presenting your um, resources on the member portal, make sure they're also bite-sized, they are not like too big at a time because members are very busy, right? So if you have like a three-hour training, three-hour session, it's unlikely someone will actually like get the whole three hours, you know, like in one solid chunk to go through the whole session. So it's much better if you can make them bite-sized, so if you can break down long content into like short-form content, Right, so, um, so say if you can break down a three hour event, like one hour event or even 30 minute events, you know, like uh, based on topics, that is ideal. Or, or if we have like a huge, huge guide, as opposed to like, like making that one huge guide, break it apart, break it apart into more bite-sized pieces, so that like uh, members like don't actually have to like go through a huge document just to get a small part of the guide that the what that they actually need. So I think these ideas will be actually like good to present your uh, uh, benefits well on the member portal.
0: Wow, that's a very long and detailed. <laughs> answer. So I think um, a lot of the associations here right now, our guests would be taking in down notes of all the things that you said, far ahead. That's um, why yeah. we are doing
1: this. We are here yes. to answer questions today.
0: Exactly. And we had one question here. Um, exactly what we're doing here as well is that we know that everyone is busy, even though a lot of people sign up. Sometimes not everyone can show up because they're busy or something happens in their work or they have to be called upon. And there's a 404 problem like Randy had last week. So that's why we also offer these videos to be recorded and available for everyone to see, okay? And then we have another question about user journey. Um, What are the top five recommendations for tying communication plan with the content of the association website versus the memberships website? so top yeah. 5 recommendations
1: top 5 recommendations okay i don't know if i can talk about the top 5 but i'll try <laughs> i'll try to like connect uh, our recommendations and then make them the top 5 so i think um, like two things we have to keep in mind is that our uh, we we have like two different like journeys one for the prospect one for the member right so the the prospect wants to know why should they be joining your association so you have to make sure that like for the prospect like that is front and center so you are kind of like showing your benefits and showing your services events and anything that you want to like share with them you want to make sure that you are enticing that prospect to join your association right so your communication plan with your prospect should be more like teasers and you are kind of like not giving away everything but you're giving away enough that the prospect actually gets excited to join at least one of your events right as a guest not maybe as a member, but at least like as a as a guest, or or maybe like something, right? So you need to give them like some kind of freebie, and like uh, it doesn't always like the teaser doesn't always have to be a freebie. So some ways is that like uh, you can probably like send them email blasts about your like events. You can you can like um, send them uh, guides, which is which is really like for your members, but you're showing them an example of like what they will get when they join as a member. So you want to show them teasers like that. So uh, I guess you need to make sure that like any communication that you have with your prospects, these are really like catered towards like guiding them to becoming a member, right? So yeah, so that's number one for prospects. And I think like for prospects, again, um, you want to make sure that uh, you don't like, um, you don't actually send them emails like um, like too often and you do not want to like um, be in the dark where you're not sending them any emails at all. So there has to be a very, very like fine balance in between. And the balance that we kind of think is good is it's perfectly fine to send one email per week, you know. So one email per week is, I think, completely fair game because nowadays we get so many emails, so many emails that like uh, unless you're sending one per week, your message will be buried, right? So um, I think one message like per, like, uh, per week is like fair game. If you can do more, do more. But one per week is good. Now, that's for the prospect. Now, prospects kind of like may want to know a variety of things. It can be your events. It can be about your services. if It can be about your advocacy. So if advocacy is big in your organization, then like if you're doing an advocacy in general, then the updates about the advocacy is, is actually like very good to do. If you have any big news to share about the community, something big you're launching or there's something new going on, something exciting going on, right? Like industry updates that you are sharing with your members. So those are good to go out to prospects as well. So ultimately, you need know, to make sure that you're like attracting the prospect to, to kind of like come and then like get a preview of what it will be like to uh, become a member of the association. Now on that on that note though, uh, uh, it doesn't always have to be a freebie that you give your prospect, right? So you can also always actually have events where the events are free for your members, but there's a token price for the prospects, right? And the token price is really like to make sure that you're attracting the right people and you're not just like um, uh, attracting freeloaders so say say like you're holding an amazing event and then like yeah, um, uh, you're charging say just like $10 just $10 like for the prospect that's I, I think that's like perfectly fair game right so even the $10 like someone who is not a serious like buyer serious prospect they will not want to like pay the $10 right and someone is someone who's serious they'll they'll be happy to pay not even 10 they'll like like they'll actually pay you upwards of like, hundred, like hundreds of dollars right if the content that you're presenting is valuable enough of course, you need know, to make sure that the content that you're presenting is valuable enough, like for them to kind of like, kind of like pay for it. So there's that. Now on the on the side of the members, so on the on the member side of things, I think like there are a number of things. So for your member communication plan, first of all, definitely you have to have something that we call heartbeat events. So heartbeat events are events that happen all the time on different topics, right? So you need to have a few events, like a series of events that happen all the time, and then you want to be sending at least one email per event or one email per activity sorry one email campaign per activity so if you have an event coming up one month from now you should be sending uh, a series of like three or four emails just for that one event right so and you build the hype for that event now um in the in the olden days, people used to send a lot of newsletters, and I don't know if you send newsletters still. So maybe you you still send newsletters, but we really think newsletters are a waste of time in general because it takes so much time and effort to send newsletters to actually create the newsletters, and then in the end, like when what you're sending is like a community news that people don't usually care about, right? So because like they don't know whether the community news actually will actually solve their problem. What is more important, I think, we can we can like kind of like not completely walk away from the newsletters, but we can. Um, transform it we can transform it like in a new way we can probably evolve it and like make it like more relevant and how we do that is that like if you can send them emails uh, which are targeted like towards your events say so say you have an upcoming event which is like uh one month from now right and then that one event is the highlight of one email that you're sending below that event you can also like send a few or you can actually add a few more messages which can be about the events that are happening later or you can probably add Um, uh, content about some other activity that you have. So you have like one item that is highlighted in one message and that will be the front and center, but you add some related content. People will come for the highlight. So people will open the email for the highlight and they will see the other content as well right so that way and, and you know what like um we should like take uh lessons from the news agencies the news agencies like like newspapers you know and if you are subscribed to any newspaper we actually have a newspaper client so one of, like one of the large canadian brands like we manage all of their um tech so um what they do is that like uh when they're sending a newsletter they will actually highlight one breaking news right so that like the email subject line is one breaking news the highlight is one breaking news and everything like is after that right so people come for the breaking news but they actually see everything else below that as well so the breaking news increases your open rate and everything else is actually like there like for the members to see you can actually do something very similar to that you highlight one event per campaign but you also show some related content so I think this is very important now the next thing is that uh, you need to keep in mind that um, when the members are Um, in the moment so when they're at a webinar when they're reading an email that is when uh, you have their attention so you have to make sure you capitalize on that so when they're kind of like signing up for an event on an event registration page or when they're they have opened an email or they're at an event that you're at that is when you also want to promote your existing services and maybe um like i was saying earlier that your members don't always know that your benefit a can be used to solve their problem B. Your members don't always know that. So you have to have an ongoing campaign to kind of like promote your benefits all the time. So promoting your benefits can actually happen in the form of sending emails. So for example, like, um, uh, we just talked about sending emails about uh, ab- about an event, right? But why not send emails about solving a particular pro- problem that your members have? So so for example, like, uh, if, if your members are really like, um, passionate about growing their career, right? And maybe getting something done in their career, right? Talk about that getting that something done in their career, right? So make that the highlight of an email and then say that you can get that done by using this resource A, B, and C, right? So what you're doing here is that you're promoting your benefits and services, but you're tying that in with the problem that the member has. So then the member will open the email to actually like solve the problem And by the way they will do that by using your resources right so these are i think like i think i talked about like uh three or four i think already five ideas right now that you can actually apply for your communication plan i think i think it's more than that but yeah if you if you actually like follow like these like steps so for the prospective member you want to make sure that you give them teasers and you give them enough value so they get excited to like join and for the existing members you want to make sure that you kind of like uh keep your messages like topical. So they should be like on topic, one problem, one event at a time. And then when you get their attention, that's when you share a little more about the association.
0: That's great. Um, As associations also wonder, like um, we want to make sure that the members are engaged, but a lot of us are worried that it might be too much. Like what you were saying, sometimes the emails can be sent too often. So how many emails is too many emails? how do you engage without pressure, without annoying, without bombarding the members with all of your communications?
1: Yeah, so that's a very good question, right? And then I think like as, uh, as marketers and as a tech company, we, we have that question ourselves as well. What is the right balance? Are we sending too many? Is it too little, you know, what is the right balance? So I think like in general, um, uh, by default, I guess, send as many as you can. By default, right? And I'll tell you like why I'm saying that, right? So you, I think like as an association, you are probably like um, already like uh, short of resources. You probably don't have a huge marketing team, so we you have limited resources, and yeah, you, you want to make sure that your limited resources are actually like really focused, right? So uh, use the idea that I mentioned earlier that you keep your email campaigns like like very much on topic, on point. Like they should be about events. They should be about solving the members' problems, right? So uh, if any email does not provide any value to your member, then that email does not have any value, real value, right? So you have to make sure that like whatever, every single email that you're sending is solid. There's no fat. It's all meat, right? So every email has to be very, very solid, very targeted. And it actually like helps the member in a way so that they can, they can improve their lives from that particular email somehow. If you cannot improve your members lives from an email, then that email is useless. Do not send that email. So. First of all, make sure that you do that. Every single email is valuable. And that, and then after that, send as many as you can. Send as many as you can. By default, you'll run out of time. So send as many as you can. And um, when you see that your members are starting to unsubscribe, so anytime you see that like uh, you send, you're sending emails and, and bam, 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 you're seeing people like clicking unsubscribe again and again, you know, that's when you know you're sending too much. But until that, until that, keep sending. So um, a rule of thumb that we actually say like uh, for us is like one email per week is fair game. If you can do more than that, do more than that, but do not do less than that. If, you're, if you are sending less than one email per week, your email your messages are not going anywhere I think in general because people have so many emails in their inboxes right, right now. So at least one per week and by default try to send as many as you can and messages should be on topic.
0: Okay, um, going to engagement, a bulk of membership consists of existing members who are aware of associations and benefits already. So there's no need to sell them like what, the association is offering anymore. How do we deliver more value to them as a member of our association?
1: Again, that's a great question. And I guess like in general, we oftentimes we discount our existing members, whereas like I think our existing members are the place where we should be investing the most because um, it's it's kind of like 10 times more expensive to sign up a new member than to keep an existing member. So if you can keep an existing member, then you should always, always try and like keep the member first. So, uh, but how do you do that, right? we actually have an approach, and I think like um, we and that approach has been working really, really well, like for our like events in general. So we do not have a membership per se, but we have an engaged audience. And every single time we have an event, and we have like over a hundred people who actually like sign up for the event, right? So uh, when uh, so and how do we do that? How do we make that happen? And how can you get the same level of engagement from members? So what we do is that like every single event that we that we organize, any content that we create, they're taken directly from the member needs. Right, so um, we do not create any content, we do not like do any podcast or any webinar that is not directly like, like coming from out of a member need. And uh, if you signed up for this like podcast itself, you have to like submit a box where we ask you to kind of like ask a question that you have on this topic, right? And when you submitted that question, that is kind of an indication for us to know like what our audience needs. You should be doing the same. So ideally you should be kind of like uh, paying very close attention to what your members need. If you're not doing that, then you should be finding a way to actually like do that. Um, through audience interviews or maybe like uh, ongoing surveys, mini surveys, you know, or maybe like uh, by scanning through your discussion forum to see like what kind of like questions people are asking. So the first step is to kind of like understand what your members care about, understand like what your members needs are and what problems your members are looking to solve. When you actually do that, then the next step for you will be to kind of like uh, create your events and create your uh, marketing engagement like very topical based on the problems your members have right? And um, how you should do that is um, you shouldn't be just like spamming people saying, hey, we have this, hey, we have that, you know, like, so you shouldn't be spamming people in, in, in that way. If you do that, that is spam. Uh, what you should be doing instead is like always, or, like for every single campaign, like try to deliver tremendous value from each email that you that you actually send. And um, I think like, uh, you think, and I think sometimes that, like, oh, they're our members, but and as a result, they already know what our benefits are, right? And then, like, they actually already know everything, so why should we market to them again, right? Uh, that is actually not true. You're and and like, and you know what, like, uh, you can challenge me if you like if you want, but like, I, I would say, majority of our members do not know the full extent of services that you have right now, right? Why. Because um, uh, first of all, like uh, I do not want to say that members are stupid and that's why they do not know. It's not that. Uh, your members are definitely talented. That's why they're with you and they're actually like, uh, if you're a professional association, association, then, then definitely they're professionals as well. And as professionals, they're busy. They're busy, they have a challenging career. They're very busy at their work and they may, they may not actually have the mental capacity or the cycles to go and find what benefits your association provides, right? It's just that they're busy and that's it. They just don't have the time or the energy to go search for content, go search for solutions. And that's why they do not know the full extent of your benefits. So as as like uh, professionals, as association leaders, it is our responsibility to make sure that we share the information with them. And then uh, uh, when you do that, uh, you have to do that like based on your member needs. Like I was saying earlier that you have to find out what the needs your members have. And then in every single campaign that you have, you have to kind of like tie the member need with the resource right and your email campus will always be like that if you and you should always 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 have like a marketing campaign to promote your existing benefits so if you do not promote your existing benefits then like two things might happen your new members who have recently signed up they will never know about them right you're assuming that they will come to your site and they will actually like no but that's not the case they will not unless you promote your benefits they will not know right and number two members have been around for a long time they probably knew it Many years ago but now they've forgotten or things have changed and they don't know right so it's our responsibility to make sure that like we actually like keep everything fresh in their minds and we stay like uh, front and center in their mind and that's why you should always like have a campaign to promote your existing benefits as well we should never never assume that your members actually know all the benefits now i'll give you like another last trick which you can get from our product member launch. So if you sign up for member launch, like with member launch, you can actually like see which of your benefits are actually being used more by your by your members. So you see you'll, you'll like we have like a rich analytics where you can see that like these guides, these videos and this content are like more popular. Right. And by the way, these ones are not like that widely, widely consumed. So we, if number one, I think you should be tracking which content is more popular. And which ones are not, and then the, the ones that are more popular, you should probably double down on those, you know, to make sure that you are sharing, you're actually promoting them a bit more because those are really popular for a reason because members are coming and they're finding them on their own without you having to do anything. So, you should market them well, you know, outside your, your own channel. And then the ones that are not popular, you should probably like test them, you should kind of like uh, share them a little, like run some campaigns around them to see what is the uptake. Right? So even after you're running your marketing campaigns about those benefits, if members are not like uh, accessing them or watching those videos or using those guides that much, then you know they're not of that value. So meaning in the future, you shouldn't be investing so much time on those benefits that are not very popular right now. So I think this is what you should be doing in general to promote your existing benefits for your existing members.
0: What could you say about um, creating a community? Do you think it's something that associations should explore?
1: Oh my God, for sure, for sure. So I think like uh, there was this like research done by uh, marketing general um, and they do that like research every year. And then um, like year after year, I think for the last like five or more years, one of the main reasons why members have joined the association, like what they say in their survey is that one of the top reasons that they join the association is to be part of a community of trusted people, right? So I think we often discount the value of a community, but I guess like so right nowadays, um, uh, there's a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of like um, like content that is not trustworthy and I think the news community is doing something is doing us a favor by producing all the fake news right um, because like it's very difficult to find trusted information nowadays. and as an association, I think you should totally use it to your advantage, right. So you as a trusted body in your industry, the information that you'll produce will always be trusted. this is there is never fake news, everything is trusted right So as a result, uh, the community of people that you'll actually have, they will be trusted as well and members always want to like listen to a trusted community. And that's why you should, ab- if you don't have one, you should absolutely, absolutely, absolutely set up a community of your own where your members can actually connect with one another. And they can kind of like brainstorm, share ideas, help each other's problems. And I think like um, a community is a good idea in in many, many ways. But like one simple way is that like, if you want to engage your members, if you, if you want to kind of like um, uh, let your members help each other out, um, uh, it's actually like a huge burden of your like staff members, right? So if members have a question, they can just post a question on the discussion forum on the thread and someone will answer the question, right? And your staff will not be burdened with answering all the questions all the time. If someone needs to find something, they'll just, po- they'll just post a question and someone else will answer. So I think like a community is a no brainer nowadays, right? So, and I think like um, you should definitely have an internal community. So not a Facebook group, not a LinkedIn group, right? If you are a really small organization and you don't have a lot of like um like resources to invest on an internal community then i think like start with facebook start with linkedin there's no harm in starting starting with them so start your community there and then get some engagement and when you actually see that people are engaged people are getting value then actually get off that particular like like platform and then build a community of your own right but again like i think absolutely a community is a no-brainer and you should have one
0: thanks for that i'm randy seals Also added, Capturing Community by Michael Silverman is a good starter book. So that's definitely something that we can also look into. Okay, so Farha, the ideas you've shared so far are amazing, but um, we're not sure we can execute it all. So you know that we are busy associations, sometimes we have limited manpower, we have too many work, and a lot of our things are not automated yet. So Claire Alston of Krons and Colitis Foundation asked, when you have so many membership issues, how do you decide what to tackle first?
1: Absolutely. And I think like in general, um, you need to make sure that you have a strategy in place, right? So. You, um, if you do an annual strategy i think that's good so if you have like a like annual meeting or annual like like brainstorming where you come up with the your strategy i think that's great right uh but i think like you uh so the the annual strategy session that you do is really like like big picture like in general where the session is going but they are not really like like uh focused on member engagement they are not always focused on like membership they're focused on so many Big things, right? So you need to have a very really good strategy in place to kind of like engage your members if you really want to like uh, get an engaged membership. And we actually have like a number of really good uh, workshops for creating the strategy. So if you have not been part of our like workshop, then I strongly invite you kind of like join one of our workshops to actually get a solid strategy in place. And you uh, know, I'll give you like uh, some ideas that we share in our workshops. So first of all, you need to make sure that uh, you have an objective um, for each each item, each activity that you want to do, right? So like, um, do not like have a project without a clearly defined goal. There has to be a very good reason why you're doing something. And then also, you know, to make sure that you clearly know what outcome you want to expect, right? So, uh, and, and and again, like whenever you're taking on any initiative, like there will be two things that you have to like m- like make sure. Find out like from an investment point of view, how how high is the investment for this particular task? and what is your potential return on investment? So is the return on investment high, medium or low? So you always want to invest on activities that are low investment, meaning it's not too difficult for you to do, but you have like very high return on investment, right? So like if you have to invest too much money, time, resource, effort you know, in doing something that I would like stay away from things like that, right? And I would really focus on things that are like low investment and you get like very high return in general, right? So, um, so that's number one. And then the next thing, I guess, like if we um, look at the membership journey overall, right? So you have your existing members, and then you have your prospective members, and then you have like uh, members who are maybe like renewing or canceling, right? Like that segment. So I think we always, always should start by focusing on like engaging our current members because, like I was saying earlier, that uh, um, it's 10 times more difficult to sign up a new member than to keep an existing member. So as a result, a, a very small effort will go a long way for your current members. So you need to like make sure uh, you invest in your current membership first. You invest in engaging your current members first. And that that may mean like uh, promoting your current benefits a little better, having a marketing campaign to promote your benefits, like uh, organizing heartbeat events. So hard events are events that happen like all the time on, on different topics. So organize more hard events that are on topic that solves your members' problems, right? So focus on the current membership first. And at the same time, I'm not saying that you're going to like cancel all the other activities, but your primary focus at the beginning should be your current membership. So if your re- retention rate is like say 90%, 95% or, or higher than that, that's when you know that your current members are already engaged and they're actually like in a good shape and you can kind of like look elsewhere at that point in time. But until you have gone to like 90-95% of, of retention rate, I would I would strongly invite you to, to, you to kind of like invest on current membership first. Once you have done that, then you should be able. To, you should be looking at like membership. Um, like, uh, uh, sorry, you should be looking at new signups. So that's when you should like look at like what campus can can we actually run to sign up new prospects at this point in time? Because now you know that like if you are able to like uh, get more member signups, then these members will stay because your retention rates are high because your members are already engaged. So signing up a new member will not be a, will, like will actually like let the member like stay for a long time if you do not focus on uh, engaging your members first and if your retention rates are very very low say 50 60 70 percent then you have a leaky bucket right so even if you spend a lot of time and money in like signing up new members since you have a leaky bucket a lot of your members will be leaving anyways so we should like we should never never sign up new members when our retention rates are low so get your retention rates up first and then you should be investing on like signing up new members. But in general, I guess like there should always be some campaigns for like for all the different stages, right? So there has to be an an engagement campaign for current members. there has to be like some marketing campaign for prospective members and some for renewals and cancellations as well. So um, if you were really like short of resources this is the order in which you should probably like uh, prioritize your efforts.
0: That's great. Um, okay. We have um, a question about technology from Alicia Goyal from the Canadian Urban Transit Association and Sarah of Canada-China Business Council. So their questions are related. So they would like to know about the tools and technology that we can use to ensure membership growth and what membership systems can help automate or remind members?
1: Absolutely, I think that is a very important question. I'm so glad you're asking this. So uh, in an ideal uh, membership setup, I think like there are three components. There should be like three tools in general that you should be using. Number one is you have to have your public facing website, you know, that is like really for your prospects. And then you should have a CRM system. A CRM system is your member database. The CRM system, like some people have AMS, uh, AMS CRM, they can be the same thing, or uh, you can actually have like a like different CRM altogether. But you have to have a database. This is not Excel. This is not spreadsheet. This is a system, a CRM that manages all your um, member data. And then third, you should have a member portal, a member portal that is really like geared towards engaging your members. Now, uh, sometimes you'll actually find. So I we think we think the ideal combination is these three: a public facing website, a solid CRM that will be your member database and then at the same time you should actually have like a member portal uh, where uh, the moment member portal will be like the go to place for your members to engage with your association so these three i think are are like fundamental now um, we we have seen a lot of member management systems right so there are like many, many member management tools like that you can actually use where you just like sign up for their tool and then like um they give you like a membership renewal system you know like like a member it gives you uh, gives them a member login, and then you go. you renew your you know like membership every year. There are some tools there. You know there are some resources you can access, right? And 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 all that. Um, so those are fine tools. So if you want to, if you're just like starting out, if you don't have a tool right now, then you can sign up for one of those like uh, simpler tools where it's a full member management system, all in one, right? Um, but what we find is that like, what those tools are missing is, um, they're not really focusing on member engagement and member engagement is like, is a huge, huge topic in its own. And if you're building like, um, a, a tool that is like, uh, that is trying to like solve all the problems, like it will be the AMS, it will be the CRM, it will be your member engagement tool, you know, and it will be a member portal. No one tool can ever do that. You know like even even huge companies like Microsoft and Google and Apple they cannot do that right and how will these tools do it so uh, I, I would say like stay away from tools that like promise a lot right so that is the so one AMS that is promising to kind of like solve all your problems like stay away from those right so I, I'll tell you like why why we built member lounge so our product member lounge again like this is like um like um uh like shameless like self-promo but like we built member launch for a reason right we actually found there was a huge market gap in like on one area which is like member engagement so giving your members a really nice place like like a really nice home where they can log in and they can like feel part of the association and they can engage with their like fellow members and then they can actually get like an amazing resource library for them to consume all the content. Plus, at the same time, uh, the tool itself becoming a member engagement tool where the tool sends the reminders through like, by itself without you having to create many many email campaigns, and that is Member Lounge. So we built Member Lounge to kind of like become the like the marketing automation engine like for your members. So if you if you use Member Lounge, then what you get is that you your members can actually sign up like for your membership, and you can actually like see. The members can see all the benefits and everything in one place. They get a discussion forum, they keep, they see all your events, they see all the benefits that you have. Plus, Member Lounge itself will send you all the reminder emails. The reminder emails that you're asking for, our tool will do that, right? So I think you definitely should have like the combination of these three. So the public facing website, the CRM, and then a tool like Member Lounge, which will become the, the home for your members. And the tool itself will actually like, keep sending the reminders and everything else, similar to what Facebook does. Right, so uh, we haven't modeled our product like completely off, off of Facebook, but I think like, we have taken like a lot of like ideas from the social media channels like that we are active in. So member launch will, will actually like do that for you, so sending reminder emails and all that. So, so ideally, I think like you are looking at this, the combination of these three: the public facing website, the CRM, and a tool like member launch.
0: I can just imagine how much help that would be for associations to not have to think about those things and doing all of these things manually. Um, Alicia, I hope we answered your question. If not, if you have a follow-up question, please raise your hand so you can go live here and ask any follow-up, any additional question you might have. Okay, more about um, growing your membership. So from Jennifer of HPSHO, with how digitally saturated our audiences are, what have you found to be the most successful tool to grow membership?
1: Wow, wow, wow so that is an amazing question for sure so i think like um if we if we if we go back to what is working what's working in the industry right now and then like how you can kind of like cut through the noise in general there has to be two things right so uh in the past we used to we used to segment members based on demographics right so your age sex you know, and then like your location geography we used to like isolate, like we just like uh, segment members based on that and I think like gone are the days that that will work anymore, right? So your members have very different aspirations nowadays and so that like segmenting by um, demographics doesn't work anymore, right? So you need to segment your audience by psychographics. So what psychographics mean is means is that like, uh, what are the different needs and inspirations and like, like aspirations that actually members have, you know? So what does a member want and what does a member need? So when the member is joining your association, you know, like why are they joining the association? Like what was the burning desire that they had at that point in time that got them so excited and they're actually signing up for a membership? They're paying like money from their own pocket and they're signing up for a membership. What was the burning desire? So you have to find out like that burning desire, right? And then tie that in and pave a way for the member to achieve that, right? So. In all your communication, everything that you're doing, you know, so those burning desires, it will not be the same desire for every person, right? It will be different for different people. And like, um, uh, members in different stages of their career will actually have different needs. So, what you have to make sure that, like, you are kind of like understanding, like, what are the different needs of a member at, at different stages of their career, right? You should, like, and not just like knowing it, you should document it, write it down, right? You should kind of like collect that information through surveys, through talking to your members. You should write it down and then, like, know that, you know what like we have this segment then we have segment we have segment a who's starting their career segment like b who are like in the middle of the career segment c who are kind of like to, uh, like uh, they're really advanced and they're at a point where they want to contribute back to the community right so like knowing your knowing your segments first and then, like understanding like what their like desires are you know and then if you want to like if you can tie in all of your marketing communication with those desires right, and then if you can make your email subject lines a bit clickbaity, you know, you have to do that, like, like, the market has become so saturated nowadays, like, unless you are able to, like, come up with, like, um, um, catchy email subject lines, people are not going to open your emails, and we do this all the time, like, all of our emails that we send out, like, our, our emails are usually, like, not lost, you know, so, and some of our emails, actually, we are very proud to say that some of our emails actually have a 70 to 80 percent open rate. So this is insane. An eighty percent open rate for an email blast is insane. And thanks to Lydia for setting that all up. So um, uh, and all that happens because we kind of like do this thing, right? We know what the what is the burning desire that our like uh, members uh, that our audience segments have, and then we tie that in with the services that we have, and we pair that with a catchy subject line in our emails or catchy. Like uh, messaging on our like web pages, so 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 all those catchy messages they actually work out really really well. So oh Randy's actually uh, Randy's providing some amazing ideas. So he's saying some surprising clickbait examples are like ten reasons why you you do this right, top five reasons to do this. How can you do this without do without doing blah right? So uh, so all these like catchy subject lines they really work. They really work. And I'll actually give you a trick. I'll give you a trick and I'll, uh, our secret weapon will be out by doing this, but I'll, but I'll share this anyways because we are doing this for the community, for the audience. So so for our, for our webinars, you know, like for our webinars, we kind of like follow like one approach, right? So the approach of the topic is that like, um, we take the burning desire, right? So how can you do this to get this? How can you do this to get this without spending a lot of money or without spending a lot of why? Right, So X, Y, Z, you know, like you do this to get, you do X to get Y without spending a lot of Z. And this works in general, right? So if you want to like follow this structure, this will actually work for webinar titles, right? It'll actually work for all of your messaging.
0: Okay, thank you so much for sharing that, Randy. Um, Go ahead, copy and paste it, save it somewhere. I hope you're getting a lot of from us and also from Randy. Thank you for sharing okay um so yes um that's a real definite um concern when you're doing a lot of marketing and promotion to your membership and growing it yeah the common question really is in growing your membership so this is another related question that we have i'm sonia of national trust canada so is there a difference between retention strategies for digital members versus traditional members because right now a lot of us have shifted in the past couple of years because of COVID. A lot of us have shifted from traditional ways of approaching our members to making it all virtually available to them. So what's the difference between retention strategies for digital members versus traditional members?
1: That's a tricky one. That's a really tricky one. And I'll be honest, Like, I think like we are struggling in this area a bit as well. So I don't think I'll have a clear answer for you, but I can like tell you like, what... I think a good approach might be like the world is like way ahead in terms of tech nowadays right so we have like smartphones you know like like all the like social media channels right like instant notifications on your phones and everything else right so um, so because of that, I guess like um, one generation like will not be open to signing up for all the new social media channels. They will not be signing up like for the new notification that like uh, we can send to their like phones in general. So so people may not sign up for a lot of like, like fancy tools. Like say if you have like an app, if your association has an app, the traditional members may not even want to like sign up for like, like they actually may not like download that app at all. And then, then without that app, like everything is gone. You cannot even engage them. Right. And then like, see, so you have a member portal and if you're like, um, traditional members are not even signing into the member portal, then like all that time and energy you spend on the member world is down the drain, you know, like there's no way for you to engage them. So I think what we should be doing is we should be building bridges between the old world and the new world. Right. And the bridge has to be a meaningful bridge. And I'll tell you uh, how. So there are two tricks. There are two tricks, and I think like um, uh, to be honest, like Google, a giant like Google, failed to build a bridge at one point long long back about like what, like the idea that I'm going to share. Google failed to implement that long long back, and they have like learned their lesson back then, right? So uh, what you should be doing is like saying you have. Um, you have a service, you have a benefit, right? And then you're kind of like you're kind of sending an email about the campaign, but the email is not reaching the traditional member because the member does not open their emails, email inbox enough, right? What can you do? How can you build a bridge? That member probably has a cell phone at least, right? Then they probably will receive SMS messages. So what you should be doing at that point is that I build a bridge to your content with SMS messaging. Right, so if you're sending an, and SMS messages are like very easy to, non, to, to do nowadays. It's not super complicated and it's not expensive as either. It's like very, very cheap, right? So if you know that you have like this segment of like members who are not reading your emails, they're not like coming to the portal, right? Build a bridge, build a bridge like for them using their cell phone, what, what they can do. So SMS messaging is a great way of doing that. So uh, any marketing messaging that you, you would be sending on like um, on an email, have a portion of that like on SMS and only for a small segment of members, not everyone, right? so do that so have an sms marketing campaign in parallel so you meet them where they are right you're not asking them to like come to your portal you're meeting them where they are right that's one one approach another approach is that like um, all Websites right now actually like have like web notifications. There is this, this like this new thing called push notification. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can actually sign up for some push notification services from like third-party tools and then they will set up the push notification for you, right? So whenever your member is kind of like coming to your website or they they have like some kind of engagement with you, you have to get the permission from them to like send the push notifications, right? All they have to do is like tap on a button, say saying, Yes, I want to receive messages. And when they do that, then you can send messages like SMS directly to their devices with push notifications. So I think what we should be doing is that like um, all of our like traditional like members who are not coming to the portal, who are not coming to the website, who are not downloading the app, what we should be doing is building a bridge with them through these connectors right post notification being one sms marketing being one and then when they when they click on a marketing campaign like m- make it such that they are automatically like signing in they have like a single sign on or something for them to like kind of like be logged in automatically and they can get to the content right away without spending too much like um too much energy, like time or effort, because they will probably not like find their email and log in to the system, right? So try to make it like easy and it's not too difficult to do, right? So you just need to make sure that you're doing the right things and that way the bridges can be built and you can still engage the the traditional members.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a next level of um, approach for them because they would need a lot of help implementing all of these, especially with the technology that um, they have.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess like, uh, so in terms of technology, I, I I don't think it's a, it's a lot to ask because there are a lot of like SaaS-like services right now that can do it for you. Member Lounge being one, right? We are going to be implementing SMS messaging as well. It's not there right now, but it will be added like very soon. So like uh, you do not actually have to like implement a lot of things to like uh, do the push notification or kind of like do the SMS marketing, right? There are tools. You can just get a subscription and then it will let you just write a message and send it to a list, just like MailChimp, right? So if you're afraid of ma- using MailChimp, that's a different story, right? But the push notification tools and the SMS marketing tools, they're kind of like very similar to MailChimp. You just like set it up once and you're done.
0: Um, We have another question here. Thoughts around membership structure. What are the best resources to know that your membership structure is working or should be revised?
1: Wow, wow, that's a very good question as well. So I think like in terms of membership structure, what you need to make sure is that like you are, Packaging your memberships, like well, definitely uh, you should have membership tiers. If you're thinking of of membership structure, then you should definitely have like uh, membership tiers. Then in the membership tiers, they need to be like sorted by again like your uh, members' like desires to get things done. What are they looking to do, right? So if 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 a member is at the beginning of their career and they actually have like say four recurring like needs that they always have, right? So four recurring needs by uh, members who are at the beginning of the career. So you can combine the recurring needs with the type of member who are like at the beginning of the career and you can combine them as one membership tier, right? So you group needs together and needs that certain segment of members have make that like one tier of membership, right? And then like, if you want to kind of like create another tier, like again, like go out and find another set of needs and then group them together, right? So this is this is one way of like structuring your membership in general, and like um, really like what you have to do is like you have to find out um, what resources are actually being used by your members, right? And then um, you need to collect some data and talk to your members. Without talking to your members, I don't think you should be kind of like uh, going out there and like creating things like you know like out in the wild. You need to interview your members. And if you want to like join one of our workshops, so we have some amazing workshops on our website. You can find them at gripe.ca uh, and then services. So go to gripe.ca and sign up for our workshop they're really cheap they're like like, like the no brainer that like you should be taking one of our workshops so so in those workshops we have like structures where you can kind of like survey your members right you can interview and survey your members so you can like understand what their needs are and these like surveys and these like this like uh these interviews has to be structured and should be ongoing so you do this on a uh, for a, for like for a period of time and then over time you'll gather a library of needs and desires that your members staff right and based on that you take that and then you find out like what resources you have right now that can solve the problems and then you bundle common needs together, right? And create a membership structure around that. So um, also like you can group um, the membership tiers based on like how difficult or how valuable the problem is. So if you are solving a problem for a member that will say, I'm just, I'll am just. i just give you an example. So you give them a toolkit. With that toolkit, a member can make $10,000, right? then you shouldn't be selling the toolkit for $100. You know, if the member can make $10,000, sell that for $1,000, right? So you shouldn't be underselling yourself. You shouldn't be underselling yourself. So if you truly know that your toolkit can make the member $10,000, charging them one-tenth of the price is completely fair game because that $1,000 the members will that member will invest, will actually go a long way. They'll be getting like 10 times the return. So um, you need to make sure you are grouping things together like that. So do not charge $1,000 for benefits or for a membership tier where the member can easily spend $100 and get things from elsewhere, right? So you have to to know your superpower. And then uh, we have this like a model where what we say is that like if you look up like three circles in a Venn diagram, right, so one circle being like, what your members need, and these will come from your surveys. And the second circle being like, uh, what can your members not find anywhere else? So members have the need, but they cannot find it anywhere else. And the third circle is like, what can your association realistically do? What are your, what are within your association capabilities, right? So if you can make your services fall in at the intersection of these three, so what do your members need? And what do they, uh, what can they not find elsewhere? and what is within your capabilities to do, like right at the, at the intersection of that Venn diagram is your superpower, right? So every single membership tier that you actually like have, like the services in the membership tier has to fall in that, in that intersection. And you need know, to make sure that you're doing a bit of research so that the members are not like finding the same services elsewhere for cheaper.
0: Okay. Um, I think we have one final question that we can answer. If we don't have time here right now to answer all of your questions, please book a call with us so we can answer them directly during that call. Um, we have here, Randy is requesting, can you show us a library function of the member section?
1: On member launch. Oh, I don't know if you can share our screen on a webinar, but I will give it yes, a try. I will, uh, we, can? we can, okay, I'll give it a try. And just like, Randy, what you may be thinking is that like uh, uh, you want to get some inspiration on like how to structure your own me- or your own like members area. So, and that's perfectly fine. So we're here for the inspiration. So we will try to help you as much as we can. So I'm going to share my screen. So those of you who are listening to the audio, You're probably going to miss out on this, but like uh, this video will be posted on our website. So if you are listening to the audio, please come to our website at gripe.ca and go to the podcast video section. That's where you'll actually get the videos. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So Randy, I'll show you the library section. So this is an example, like a demo setup, like for one of our clients. And this is using member launch in in the backend. So if I click on member resources here, so you'll see the member resources are like really highlighted. Like there is a navigation tab called member resources. And if I scroll down, so the homepage of the member, this this is a demo of, of, of member lounge, right? This is member lounge. And we are building this is already great. We're building the next version of it right now, which we will be launching like next year. But right on the homepage, you see this is like a website. This is a beautiful website, right? And as you scroll down, you actually see the announcements that everything else that the association association has to offer. And as we keep going down, we have this like uh highlighted resources. So these are like four resources that we're highlighting on the homepage. So these you can like pick or you can like pick from your latest resources to show. And then as you scroll down, you see the events, job boards and anything else that you have on the homepage. And it's laid out in a very nice journey. It's a very simple to use interface for your members. They come to this one portal and they actually see pretty much like everything about the association. And to answer the question, if I go to member resources, uh, you see what we have done. So we start by saying a bit about the member resources, like what these are, right? These are like tools to help you get a job done. And the search is front and center, right? So if you don't want to like browse, that's fine. You search right away and then you can find the information that you need. And right at the top, you'll see that like we actually have like tags. We are categorizing everything by tags. So these are topics based on jobs to be done, right? So for this particular association, they have like member segments. So some are, clubs, some are coaching, some are officials, some are actually on programs, right, some are for skating schools. So we have categorized all the resources, like, based on the jobs to be done. So uh, we have structured everything like that. And as we scroll down, you'll actually see, like, a few resources on each topic. So staff peaks are the highlights, like, for now. And then as we scroll down, you'll actually see the latest resources for the clubs category. You scroll down, you see the latest resources for bylaws and all that. Now here's the beauty of it. If you just want to like quickly narrow down to see a few, to see what's available. So say I want to see all the programs that are also tagged for tagged as officials, right? So I click on programs, I click on officials very quickly. You see how snappy the experience was? No page refresh, no nothing, you know, like super simple. I just clicked on two like categories and you see all the resources that are for programs and officials. You scroll down, you see all of them all in one place right? So we want the experience to be that simple, right? Now say I want to, I, I will not do that, right? And I'm just going to like come back to this page. I'll refer to this page to see all the resources and I want to search for something. So skating. I search for skating and you see right away we pulled up content around resor- around like skating and we are saying this content is a resource, resource, resource. By the way, this is a discussion so this is our searchable library where if you search, we search across the discussion forum, across the resources you, to show you the relevant content. And not only that, once you're here, right, you can narrow down this by clicking on these tabs. Like, can you imagine Like how simple it is to find information here, right? So you searched and then after searching, you want to like narrow down your content based on these topics, right? Say, I don't want these. I, I only want to see things about like skating schools because I care about skating schools. So I click on that. I just filter it down to that, you know, that one resource, right? So this is the level of experience we want your members to get, right? And this is built in on member launch, right? So if you want to book a full demo with us, please go ahead and book a demo. Like you can uh, book a demo on our website at gripe.ca and you'll see like a um, link to book a demo. So this is how we have structured our, our, our members area. So our members area and the resource area. So this is the resource library that is searchable, sortable and very easy to find information. Randy, I hope that was helpful.
0: Okay, I think we are done for today. We have answered a lot of the questions we have from engagement to online to technology. And yeah, member benefits. Um, we hope that we were able to answer questions. If we were not able to answer your questions right now, please book a call with us or book a demo with us so that we can address all of your questions properly or yes. All right, we'll see you in our next um, event, in our next episode.
1: Alrighty, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, once again, like if you have any questions, you can book a call on our website at gripe.ca and we host a number of learning events like throughout the month. So if you want to join any of our learning events, you can find them at gripe.ca slash events. Again, that is gryp g-rype.ca slash events. We wish you all the best with your membership journey. Bye for now.